podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we'll be looking back at the controversial defeat away at Brighton. Unbelievable! Aaron Connolly has somehow managed to win a penalty for Brighton. Neil Mopai puts the penalty away. We'll be discussing our favourite subject of VAR. What he's doing. It's almost like, do you know what it's almost like for me, Richard? It's almost like for eight weeks now, he's listened to the criticism about nothing being overturned. And it's almost like He's asking his referee to referee to public opinion. I'm going to look ahead to a busy week in the Carabao Cup against Watford and the visit to Tottenham on Sunday. It's a goal! It's there! Jelovic! Jelovic has scored for Everton! Incredible stuff right at the end of the game! So lads, what I was going to do at this point was have a minute's silence for the, the end of football <laughs> as we know it because... After the game yesterday, after what happened yesterday during the game, I was seeding and literally it was lucky we didn't record straight after the game because it would have been, I think, a totally different recording than what people are going to get going to get today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, normally we like to talk about the starting lineup, a bit about the game, how we play, but there's only one place to start, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to sort of, I don't want to go into too much. Detail on VAR, I wouldn't have thought this area because we are going to cover it in more detail later. But the game was absolutely, it was just bossed by this this one decision that this official made from a hundred odd miles away or what have you. Destroyed the game, didn't it? Destroyed destroyed what would have been for me a win for Everton. Simple as that because at 2 1, we were comfortable for me. We were comfortable. I thought we're going to see the game out quite happy. It would have been a you know, it wasn't wasn't a fantastic performance. We we all we all said that when we were discussing uh, obviously the game as it was going on, we need to up the tempo because we were it was a little bit slow, especially first half. Um, but we were two one up, deservedly so. I thought at at that point, Brighton had had three shots, one on target, and then some fella, well, say some fella, um, one of my favourite referees, uh, the what's it called, Stotty Park. Yeah, is it Mason? It certainly was Lee Mason. Decided that Michael Keane had uh, upended Connolly, and and gave a penalty. So let, let let's just go from there. Let's let's go from that point in the game because the rest of it's, it's totally irrelevant, really, isn't it? Because that is is the game for me. Yeah, I thought it was an absolute farce. I, I thought it, it was. I think it's quite possibly one of the worst. And it's not exaggerating because we're Blues and that. I think it's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. It's it's literally absolutely shocking. And obviously to compound it, it's like the first decision that's been overturned in terms of VAR with obviously with, with, with referees. Now, since it's come in, and obviously Match of the Day, Sky and other, other TV channels have been saying, you know, what's the point in having VAR if we're never going to over, overrule the ref? What's the point in having it? You know, the referee will go with their on-field decision unless it's an absolute howler. So that was a lot, a lot of that got airtime last week. So what do they do? They've almost gone the other way now. So this week they then turn around and go, well, I know what we'll do. Will basically overrule the ref on a decision that is basically absolutely comical. How can he watch that 
on a replay right there and then come to the decision, having all the angles, watch it numerous times and go, that's a stonewall penalty. How can he? That's it. On so many levels, it's a terrible decision. It's, 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 it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. And, and obviously, look, you know, again, pressure's now back on the team, back on the players, back on the manager as well. And for me, I don't think Silver can be held account for it. And I, and I know we get a lot of sort of, yeah, we're, we're very pro Silver, but I'm sorry, there's nothing more the manager could do there. I think it was a scrappy sort of game. I think we had the best, best of We started a little bit slow, you know, a bit scrappy. But, you know, Brighton, you know, they're not, too, they're not a bad team now. They possibly said that last week. And obviously they got the goal, which, by the way, Pickford should have saved for me. Um, Mike, you're the resident keeper. I mean, you watch it in full speed, you're thinking that's a great strike. Then you watch it again. I mean, it was what, half a yard to his left, it's wasn't it? Terrible goalkeeping, absolutely. And, and this kind of punch it, hasn't it? You know what I mean, it's just got his hands up too late, and they, you know the fellas is it's a bit a bit of power. Don't get me wrong, but Jordan Pickford, there, for, you know, England number one goalkeeper, he should be he should be saving that every every single day of the week. And to be honest with you, I think I would have got my answer to that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not even harming messing. it. You would have yeah. definitely got your answer. The, the, you know, mm-hmm. if that touches your hand. It goes off corner, whatever it might be. He should, there's, there's no excuse in Jordan Pickford there. He's a fault, I thought, for the goal. Tom Davis was a fault. He gave the ball away. He did all the hard work and lost the ball. They came forward. Stupid tackle from Gomez, by the way. It's a silly foul. Yeah, he did, did, did that a few times last season. Yeah, silly foul. He gets doesn't he? He does, yeah, a yeah. silly foul. So quite a few few players to blame there. But let's, let's not forget... The, the game changed massively as well when, when Bernard or, or the way Silver wants us, wants us to play the game changed massively when Bernard got injured fairly it was a 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. went off obviously with the knee injury and he brought on Sigurdsson a lot of people were calling for, for Moise Keane to come on um, obviously Iwobi had been then pulled from his central position and put him out wide um, it just takes it in the gates Dean for me I think uh, you know we've all said that all three of us have said that I think you know, the whole sort of Dean Bernard is almost like the Baines Pienaar thing, sort of Bernard is actually not too dissimilar in style to Pienaar, isn't he? That sort of little diminutive, very technically gifted player, but also has an appreciation of the game. So kind of like we'll play little one twos, little inverted passes, that sort of thing. And I think, you know, as soon as he goes like, what what a will be wants to do, which you can't criticise him for, he just wants to get involved in the middle all the time. So that just leaves Dean effectively a lot of the time, so no one to play off. You know, those they're not on the same wavelength at all, where there's a couple of misplaced passes. And one of our best attacking outlets in Dean is just completely nullified then. And you're right, it's just unfortunate for the lad. I think he's been confirmed he's had his, what, his MCL, isn't it? It's, so, it's, it's a great two, isn't it? So you look on that probably a couple of months before we, we see him again. Hopefully before the Christmas, yeah. I, don't, I, can't, I think you're looking probably a new year before we see him back, to be honest. And that's going to affect us massively in regards to, you know, we, we just, we had the West Ham game where, where we played as number 10. We had Bernard left, Walcott. That is, that is good. obviously had a good game playing right and obviously Richardson was central it changes again now and then in the back of Silver's mind for me now he's thinking well Sigurdsson's back on that side isn't he that's what's yeah, going to happen for me he'll play as the 10 and then you're then going to put a ball out wide wide right and, or wide left whatever way whatever way you want to do it does have, does have another option though doesn't he which is Calvert-Lewin or Keane Richardson left it will be 10 walk out on the right he does I mean yeah yeah he does I I, I... Sorry, Mike. I, I do think you make an interesting point there with Bernard potentially being out for the whole of the Christmas period. Obviously, Gabarin's out. You know, we don't know how long Mina's out for. Let's hope it's only a niggle. It looks like it is. But what I'm saying is, when we went on that sort of sort of dodgy patch, a lot of it was down to the lack of depth, and that that's a worry now coming over Christmas, where you need as many of your top players available as possible, and then you're effectively going to be, you know, no Bernard. I think that's a that, that's a big loss um, losing him. He, he showed a lot. 
He only came back into the team last week, but for me, he's one of our best players, wasn't he, last week? Look, I'm not, not trying to polish a turd, but I, I think you're spot on. Lack of depth was a massive issue, but I think it was the lack of depth in the midfield too. And the thing that we kept coming back to time and time again was Schneidlin and Delph on the right pairing for our game. And I think Tom Davies and Andre Gomez, I know they've only played two matches together and two matches consecutively, but the difference in how the team is set up has been a million miles different. I agree with that. I think you've got to commend Silver there because I think it would have been easy to have brought Coleman back in mm. as you know the sort of the senior pro, brought potentially Schneider or Delft, one of those two back in because they were both fit. But he's stuck with the same the same team, and, and I commend him for that. You know, he's 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 come there. He's actually gone. We've a winning team here. We played well last week, and he's played the same team. So you can't you can't pin him up now and say, oh yeah, you've reverted back to type. You're too safe. You know, he played the team that we all wanted to play, Barmina, who was injured. Exactly. You know, not, not that I'm trying to bring on the trolls, but for people that have been engaging with us on Twitter, I want you to tell me how that defeats Marco Silva's fault. Because Don't it, do that, Pete, because me, me and the FTF, the man, the Twitter <laughs> account, and you can just sit yeah. in yours with your slippers on yeah. and your cup of coffee while we're trying to fend these people off. <laughs> yeah. look, yeah. it was his call to go to a diamond. And within about three minutes... We've gone two one up. Terrific ball by the way by Mason Holdings. Well, it was a lovely ball. Great lovely assist balls. and what a finish. Yeah, it was a good finish. I mean, two minutes before that, I think I texted you boys. There was a bit where actually we got it on the right. I can't remember which player it was. Now. It might have been a Wobie something. Like and and um, he just stayed very static. Uh, not Sigurdsson, uh, Calvert Lewin, and he didn't move, didn't make a run or anything like that. And kind of the ball was played behind him. We lost it. And I'm thinking, make a little run there, a little darting run. And literally two minutes later, he's in the same position again, but on the left side. Makes a lovely little run. He bends his run into the channel there. Great ball from from uh, Holgate. Um, not good enough though, was he? Not good enough. But um, no, lovely finish. No, 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 no Cavalier. Yeah, it was a, it was a lovely run. Lovely finish. Um, and it's a shame we're not talking about that as the winning goal, which for me should have been the winning goal. Definitely, because you know I mean? that I mean, again, it's not a, not a great stat, but until that point, Everton hadn't won a game um, from behind. from a losing position. I think I think that's a concern, though, isn't it? Yeah. That, that since Silver's been in charge, we haven't won a game since being behind, which is a massive concern. One thing we had, and I don't like to harp back to previous regimes and what have you. One thing we had under under David Moyes was we had a backbone, and we would come back quite often from being behind, and that is a concern. That that's a mentality issue, one hundred and fifty percent for me. If that, um, we had we had a discussion, didn't we, um, last week? Lee had spoken to to someone and they remain nameless someone yeah. who's got, who got close ties to the club and uh, speaking to them the current feeling within the within the Everton camp is that they wonder where the goals are going to come from so when we do go one goal behind they can they have got a mentality issue where you think well what are we going to do now mm-hmm. you know we might, might get a draw but we haven't got the goals within the side to, to go on and, and say score two, three, four, five goals, whatever it might be. And that is the concern. Well, so, Morales referred to it, didn't he, in his interview? He did, you know, yeah. He, he referred did. to that the play, there, was, there was a bit of unrest in the camp when he did a good interview with uh, The Athletic, with, with O'Keefe. I get on that, by the way. I, I know you've got it, Mike. I mean, there's, there's some great articles that Greg and that puts out and, and, and some of the guys there. But, but yeah, um, on that point, as a side point, you are right. Um you know the lack of a sort of a senior striker, a striker who's got a, you know a proven track record, is really hurting the team at the minute. But that, going back to that point there with with the fragility thing, I think that's been in pre-silver really. You know, it's ingrained the, the in the team. Club. The team. I don't. Maybe ingrained in the club's a big thing to say as well. But I think some of the play. You, you just. I just think under Neville and Cahill and those sort of pros, I don't. 
Moyes always used to make the point, didn't he? He wanted strong characters in the team there. And if we did have we did have a loss, he'd want want us to bounce back and, and, and you know give him an answer the following week. I think, but they had some really sort of strong personalities in that changing room. And I look around the changing room there now. And, you know, I can remember some of the games, and you know, remember some of the games in the Cumin and the Cumin especially. Like the fragility of some of them was really really bad, wasn't it? Like like we're talking like absolutely wafer thin stuff, wasn't it? And, you know, you can turn around and say, yeah, look, after the pen was given, we've capitulated. And then, you know, they've gone on and got an OG in the last, you know, injury time. You're thinking, that's sods all that. But I think any any professional sportsman, whether it be footy, golf, any elite sports person there is going to be absolutely seething with that decision. You know, especially on the pitch. It's so hard not to lose your head in that environment. And you can turn around and go, yeah, the professionals get paid for it. They are, but let's be honest, like the humans, aren't they? You know I mean, you're well, going to be seeded. It was such an injustice, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. And they, and and you know, from from when they gave it, you can some people have turned around and go, "Why are they not sat there and, and, and not, not literally gone nuts at the ref?" They were. They all surrounded the ref. They all knew. You can normally tell by a player's reaction, can't you, whether they know it's a pen or not? And you can see they were absolutely livid. And the refs, obviously, on pitch decision initially was to not give it. Well, you mentioned you know before, I mean? it's the first time in the history of VAR. I know it's. The history of English football. No, it's fledgling. The history of English football. It's been a, a decision has been overturned by somebody sitting in a van. That's basically the you know hundred odd years of British football. So, so to overturn that decision, surely, you know, it's got to be that one, it was denial of a goal scoring opportunity, and two, it was a deliberate foul. Yeah, well, certainly the second bit. And look, the ball had bounced over him and went out for a goal kick. Well, that's the first no, bit, isn't it? No one appealed. Not one Brighton player was surrounding ref going, that's a penalty. He's obviously accidentally stood on his foot, you know, because of his running stride, and obviously that's going to be painful. We've all had that as, as, as players. You've all had it, absolutely. And he's gone down. He's obviously trying to make, maybe look for it as well. But anyone, who, anyone who's played any level of football knows that's never a penalty. Okay, never in a million years that's a penalty. Can I just give you... Now, this is from the FA rule book, this, OK? So all those people who sat there yesterday... Saying, I know it was soft, but uh, I think it was it was still a penalty mark that says yay being one. Yeah, Watson from the Sky Sports Studios. They actually say so penalty or free kick is awarded if it's careless, reckless, or using excessive force. This didn't fit any of those mm. any of that criteria. It wasn't careless because he's watching the ball, it's his normal running running stride. He hasn't adjusted his body to try and stand on his foot, so it wasn't careless. It wasn't reckless in any way, shape, or form. Again, watching the ball, the ball's gone over the two the two players' heads as well. They were nowhere near it, and it was definitely no excessive force. It's just it's literally it's an unfortunate coming together where he's he's literally clipped his his big toe, and that's that. The fellow goes down holding his, well, his, his calf. Did you see Keane's initial reaction? Yeah, yeah. Telling him to get up. Yeah. It, people can't see, but I'm, I'm motioning with my arm. <laughs> I'll put I'll, I'll video this and put it on. But, but I don't think Keane thought he'd, he'd even make contact with him. No, I think no, it was that innocuous. It's, as it's, you say, it was just in his normal stride. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. And yet again, the, the, the FA and Premier League want to use these words about it being something which is um, clear and obvious. So a clear and obvious error. There's no clear and obvious error there. The referee said a couple of times, no penalty, no penalty. Absolutely spot on. It wasn't a penalty. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's not a foul. It's it's not given as a foul. So what 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 are we what are we turning the game into? By the way, because I know obviously for us it's difficult because we're on the end of it of a really poor decision. And if anyone was going to be on the end of that decision, it would be Everton. It's it's it was always going to be the case. But what what are, what are we turning the, the game into? Because that for me 
is absolutely embarrassing. And if you're going to start giving fouls for that, then you're going to finish That's football. It. You've got to be consistent, haven't you? You've got to finish football, aren't you? But because, is, yeah, but is that not why we're all so mad? Because we know it's not going to be that consistent. Next week, there's not going to be 60 penalties. Well, how many they, need, they need to sort it, don't they? But, they need, they, you know, some people have even gone as far as saying, like, Clubs are just saying, look, unless you sort this, we're basically going to just say, we're not going to turn up. I mean, that's a bit extreme. But the clubs do need to get together. And I think Everton, to be honest, should be going to the Premier League here and demanding some sort of, like, from Lee Mason here and turning around and saying, look, I demand the reasoning why and on, uh, why that was disallowed and what, you what, what you've come... And therefore, if you... You know, that, anyone there, even Lineker's come out and said on, on his tweet... He's turned around and said, VAR hasn't given a penalty this season... Finally, give one to Brighton for next to nothing. Mm. The bar that has been at pole vault height has descended to limbo dancing levels. Correct. I mean, that's brilliantly put yeah. because that's absolutely bang on. It's like absolutely far farcical that they've given it. But he should be now. He should not be allowed to referee a game now for five six games. Mm. And as punishment, say you know what? You're one of the most experienced refs in the league. Reportedly, one of the best in the league. Right? You're not refing now. You're not refing. I've seen him ref a few times. He's not. He's diabolical. <laughs> I mean, the stat that going around since he's been since he's been a referee in the Premier League, he's given nine penalties against Everton. Mm. Nine penalties against us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's clear as day. You know. Well, it, but but let's, let's 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 rewind in that game. Was it ten fifteen minutes earlier when the Charlton's getting bare hugged in the box when the when the corner comes in? Yeah, yeah. The Charlton's all flat on his face. Wasn't even reviewed. Wasn't even reviewed. Yeah. There's no VAR okay. check. Nothing like that. You go back to them rules you just read out. Look yeah. at how much contact yeah. is there. Yeah. It's careless. It's reckless. Yeah. Whatever you want. To, whatever you want to say. He's clearly getting a hug by the uh, by the defender. It's clearly a foul. It's clearly a penalty. You know. But, but that's the inconsistency that's so that, that's is, yeah. just driving everyone mad. And and the thing is, for me, the Rugby World Cup's on at the minute. And when they do them, do the equivalent of a VAR check. The referees mic'd up. The guy in the wherever he is, or the the, ref, the people in, in, in watching on the screens, they're mic'd up. Mm-hmm. You can hear the conversation. Why yeah. can't we have that? Yeah. Why can't we have literally Lee Mason talking his thought process through, mm-hmm. so the fans can hear it, mm-hmm. going, "Yeah, well, actually, he's accidentally stood on his foot there, or, or he's deliberately stood on his foot there, or whatever, yeah. whatever term." So let's let's hear his re, his rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. So everyone literally is, is immersed in the process. Then mm-hmm. why can't they? that's a simple thing to do? Mic up the ref, turn it on. Make a thing and have a conversation as, as to why you've given that penalty. You know, you, 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 there's no conversation, their thought process behind what's going on. That's not a difficult thing to do with modern technology now. Why that, can't they do that? That pen isn't given, we win the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and Mike said it there. I mean, I looked at the stats. I think we had six or seven shots on target to their one before that penalty. So arguably, you are right, it wasn't a classic. We got nowhere near the levels that we got to last week at home to West Ham. But it was always going to be one of those sort of tricky games to Brighton. Our record there is not great. And literally, it's just completely. You know, we've done enough to win the game, just enough to win it. And I can we've tell you the key it. stat: at two-two, Brighton had had two shots on target. There you go. Well, yeah, so the, I mean, the penalty and the set piece. Yeah. Well, there you go. And 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 also the OG, the OG would have been the other one after that. So I, th- I think. What well, I said at two-two. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, <laughs> I wasn't even a shot. No, but, but you know, look, they changed it a little bit. Trossard came on, causes a few problems. He's got a bit of pace, a bit of trickery. That was the only time, the only that was the only avenue I thought they might create something. That winger, he turned Keane inside out once, uh, you know, in the corner, which was deplorable by Keane there. But other than that, I never felt we were really in trouble. I and mean, Pete, you sent a message, didn't you, saying, "Look, let's see if we can hold this out here." Now, there's games last year where we're in similar situations where we where we've actually seen those games out. It happened quite a lot last season where we've seen those games out, and I do. 
it's just if you're Marco there and you're going back on the team bus, even if you're sitting there going, "What have I got to do here? What have I got to do?" You literally, when your luck's out, it's out in it because in in sport you do need a bit of luck as well. Do you know what? I can't buy if, uh, anything. Can I mean, injuries? Mina's out. Bernard's out. Bernard's out. Yeah. And then you lose 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 a game of football like that. But on that point, embarrassing. the word you use there, luck, and people can criticise Silva, and they, you know if they want to do so, that's that's not a problem. So we've all got our, our own opinions. But any football club, anywhere in the world, or what have you, football depends sometimes on luck, and we don't seem to have any luck. You mentioned well, when you're on a bad run, it tends to go against you. It does. It does. It does. And, we, and when we think we 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 turn the corner, or someone said to me, I thought it was a great analogy. We turned the indicator on last week to tear the corner by beating West Ham and playing well we get to take another knock and we just can't get any kind of momentum which and it's such a key word in football isn't it? but momentum is the key in football but someone we, someone's been in touch today uh, Mark Griffiths uh, at Mark underscore Griff 78 he used the word dreadful luck yesterday but keep the faith while the team yells we spent a lot over the last few years but still early days in our recruitment compared to the top six Kimball Settling come good like Mina has this season more clever signs needed and Gabamon to our midfield when he's back on new blues. So if as I say, I want to focus on the word luck because we just don't seem to have any. They obviously said they're Bernard injured. Our main centre midfield um No we've barely had game Gomez all fit all season. No, obviously Gabamon is he's played one and a half games really. He's obviously out now long long term. Mina, our best player this season, obviously gets into the against West Ham. If he plays yesterday, is it a difference? Is it a different result? We don't know. It's all obviously up in the air. Uh, we just don't seem to have, and obviously VAR, you know, which we're going to go on through in more detail shortly. We don't seem to have any kind of luck at all. And you can say you create your own luck, and the top sides create their own luck. Maybe, maybe they do, but it's absolutely it's one of those things where it's not going for you. It's not going for you. Yeah, I, I said it to you on the phone the other day, Mike. I said you do need, you know, you do need a little bit of luck in top top level sport. You really do. I mean, you know, let's give an example outside of sort of what we would deem bias with Liverpool and things like that. But let's look at Leicester, Rogers. People are giving him loads of plaudits at the minute. You know, they've had a solid start, but they've not played, I would say, absolutely fantastic football. I know they destroyed Southampton the other day, but literally, they played Burnley the other week, uh, last week. Burnley scored a perfectly good equaliser with Chris Wood. Mm-hmm. Right? Johnny Evans. He's trying to get the ball out of the net. He's never getting there. He's accidentally uh, clip, got clipped by Chris Wood. Again, completely accidental. His legs are not together. He's got ran off celebrating, disallowed a perfectly good equaliser in the last minute of the game. Over, overruled by VAR. Obviously, Sean Dyche going absolutely nuts on the touchline. Rightly so. Rogers, great. That's three points instead of one, when it should have really been one point. They then go and play Southampton away this week. Arguably, look, sometimes, you know, not... A, a very easy place to play under the lights down in Southampton literally score a goal after five six minutes brilliant player and then get a dubious red card dubious red straight away 1-0 up 10 minutes gone away and you're down to 10 men and they're already 1-0 up and you're thinking like, you can't ask for a better start there in a football match can you you're 1-0 up and then your opposition's down to 10 men and it wasn't a red but he's obviously been sent off it's a dubious red and the end of the 3-0 up after it's game over game over so that's where you do need for me, a little bit of fortune. You do need that. Yeah, the Chris Wood literally five days ago or six days ago, and then you get that straight away in a, in a, in a tricky away game. They've not went away all season until then. You know what I mean? So that, for me, it's, it's, that actually says it all. You, know, you, you do need things, that. 
balance out across the season, don't they? But they just never seem to for Everton. No, no, and maybe maybe when when they do, it's maybe too late for us to make any kind of impact. I don't know. I mean, you believe what you want to believe, but luck definitely is not on our side. And let's let's get it, guys. You know, Marcus Silva's under great pressure. Whether we want to want it or not, he's under great pressure. I've seen a rumor uh, just come out about Marcelino essentially uh, Everton have offered him a contract uh, to, to replace Marco Silva. Um, the three games, these these three games that he was apparently given to turn things around: West Ham, Brighton, obviously Watford. Um, Farhad Nashiri has been present for the first two. Is is that a coincidence? I don't know. Um, but make no mistake. The way modern football is, the man's un- is under pressure. Not, not what I want to want to hear or mm-hmm. see or whatever. Yeah, but he is. And it's not necessarily a silver thing either. You know, people have been saying that. Saying that for me, it's it's more of a kind of like you know, we've we've well, what was the stat of the week? We had two managers in fourteen years, and then now we've had four in the last what three years? Is it Mike? Three, mm-hmm. four in the last three years. Yeah. Like that. Now potentially sacking. That's five in the last three and a half, four years. I mean, you, for me, you cannot make consistent progress doing that. I know you can turn around and go, yeah, he's not the right man, he's not the... And brands, I've had loads of people say, brand, yeah, but brands, the whole point of bringing brands in is so it's seamless. So the manager just, uh, is just a coach and slots in. Yeah, I agree with that point. But brands has been there five minutes. You know, you, that's a model you get after two, three, four years when brands is thinking ahead and bringing young lads through like Keane and loads of other young lads that they're hoping to sign. And then they can slot in. Once that actual structure is in place, at the moment, Brand is almost hindered because he has to adhere to FFP and he has to sell a load of dross in the club that he's managed to get rid of some of it, but there's still a load of it that's holding the club back. They can't get rid of the likes of Nias and several other players that are earning good money at the club, even the likes of Schneiderlin, for example, and people like that on good money. So we are hampered a little bit there by the fact that we have to clear out the mess before we can bring in actually more quality into the club. And that's why, for me... It, it's not necessarily just a silver thing. It's more about like, look, you've got to give any manager time to at least get the balance back back to square one, and then we can build from that. That's going to take at least another summer window, if not again. I mean, you've got to ask my, how many players we're going to probably sell in January. We're going to do well to sell probably a couple, aren't we? If any, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. come the summer again, we're going to have to try and get rid of some of those others. So it's it's more of like if we do that, we reset. We then bring someone in again. They're going to want their own players. They're going to want their own system. The potential may or may not want to work with, with Marcel Brands. And there'll be players there that'll be straight out of the door. And then you're thinking, there you go. That'll take at least 12 months to get back to where we need, where, where we want to be again. And I think that that's more of the point. I think that's the worry for me, is that we'll just constantly revolve in a circle and we'll end up in a mess. And we're already in a bit of a mess as it is now anyway. And I think it'll be twice as bad if we end up in that mess. You can turn around and say, yeah, we could get a top, 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 top manager. But A, are we going, who are we going to attract the top, top, top managers to Everton right now? The top, top, top. Top, top, top. Are we we're not talking... Look? Hang on, hang on. We ain't talking top. We're talking, we're top, talking top, 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 top. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Everyone's calling for bringing the likes of Mourinho. Do you think Mourinho will come to Everton? I don't no. think he will. I don't, do you think Mourinho will come to Everton? No. I don't, think, I don't think he will. So people in what you'd say in that bracket, I don't think we're going to attract them. And that's not, and that's not being pessimistic. That's just being realistic. Whether we, whether we want to believe it or not, Minds of minds of that kind of ilk or that kind of experience or that that much success are not looking at coming to Everton. Whether we want to believe it or not, I'm not saying by the way that we should never ask the questions to these kind of course, you've got to be ambitious. You've got to be realistic. Of course, we should. But let's not be. You know, all these people who who are going on about Mourinho and this and that and the other. Let's let's get in the real world. Okay, ask the question. But it's not going to happen. We've got it. 
we've got to be be massively realistic. And for me, paying him fifteen million pound a year to potentially bring him, we said this last week, didn't we, on the on the podcast with Baz, bring, you know, bringing in thirty year olds, thirty one year olds for mega money to sign up into, into success, it ain't going to work. Look at United now. It's Look a model. United now. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Listen, while you're at it, drive your van down to London, wind down the window. Pop your head out and ask Lord Sugar if he fancies giving you a little job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just we've got to have some patience here. We really have. And I, I mentioned to you off air then the night, and, and there's a real, real split in the fan base at the minute. And there really is. There's very much people that have like come to the end of the tether, and it's like that's it. Manager's absolutely garbage. Get rid. Get rid. Regardless of like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter who. Just get rid. Okay, let's get Unsworth back in charge then. Let's have him for half a dozen games. Let's lose five out of those six and then bring in, bring in an Allardyce type again because we need to basically try and not get relegated. You can't keep on doing that. You can't. Look, if by end of Christmas period, January, and we're in the, we're in the, we're in the relegation zone and it's clearly looking like you know end of Cumin time where the players have stopped playing it's a mess, then maybe readdress it. But at the moment, judging by the way the players played last week and the attitude they showed, and to some extent, the attitude they showed this week, they have clearly not down tools for this manager. They've mm. not down tools for him. Exactly. Until that VAR decision, we were 2-1 up. We were playing well. When, when we were one goal down, I, I sent a message to you lads thinking, gosh, this could be terrible here. This you said we started poorly, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, I thought we did. I thought we started slowly. And part of me didn't want to watch the rest of the game. I thought, I can't just sit and watch Brighton sit back now and hold out a 1-0 victory. Well, they weren't as open as we thought they were going to be, were they? So we were yeah. we were unlucky at the end of that first half not to be two one three one ahead because we 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 found the tempo after the goal after the goal yeah so you know a two one up it, for me it was looking like an impressive away victory and you know going to the two games this week would feel completely different off the back of that I mean this today's podcast would be completely different if it weren't for that VAR. It's also the fan base and everything and everything that goes with it. You know, it's fine margins, this. Fine margins. This is why I don't get people jump on Silver's back after that decision. I don't get it. A lot of people, to be fair, credit which you have said you can't pin that on him. Others who've obviously got an agenda and don't want him have used it as another, you know, fuel to the fire, saying that's another reason why we shouldn't get him his substitute. I mean, even Baz, Baz came on last week. Great guest. We love him. He came on. And even he said, what's he he bringing Delph on for? Don't get that. Don't get that at all. And I'm like thinking, to be fair, I agree with you, Pete. I think bringing, bringing on there, playing the diamond, none of us would have called that, right? None of us would have mm-hmm. spotted that. And obviously it proved to be a, a good decision because Calvert-Lewin gets that goal. If we win that game 2-1, two, two, Marco's a genius. He's a, he's a genius. He's, brought on, he's changed it up. He's brought on, made two subs and we've won the game. And, and how often do people it. say, Marco Silva, he's got no plan B. Yeah. Marco Silva, when we're drawing, scared, scared when we're losing, it. he doesn't know what to do. Here he is playing a big... A, Leading Diamond away at Brighton, two one up. Yeah, it's a massive. Del- Delph is just the player you want when we've gone two on up. Ideally, one of them. But you just say, look, look, just keep it, Fabian. Just keep it, son. Just keep it now. Let's recycle the ball. Let's keep it. And that's he. He, he would if he'd have just brought Calvert Lewin on. Delph would have been probably the sub you would have brought on at two one up, just to reinforce the midfield. And go, let's just keep it now, and, and, and see these off. Let's get it right. The change of formation and the substitutes did not. Me, uh, did not impact us losing that game. We lost that game because of a potentially the worst decision I've ever seen in my life by some lunatic under miles away. And then obviously, and, I'm, and by the way, I do question the players' mentality. I do think it's ingrained in the club again, whether you want to believe it or not. The players then the heads went. Now, is that the manager's fault? I don't think so. 
The players, the the human end of the day. Me, me and I said this yesterday. Yeah. We've got a conversation yesterday. When you play sport at, a, at any level, really, these kind of things are going to affect you. The, the human. We can all say they're getting paid under the, under the thousands of pound a week, and they shouldn't do this. But they're still human beings, so mm. that's that's impacted. They feel really hard done to. Their heads have gone. We we then go on to lose the game. That that change of formation and those substitutes did not lose that game. One of those substitutes scored the second goal, yeah. and we, we thought after seventy seven minutes we're going to win the game two one. So let's let's and we were going for it, Mike. Wow. You know, and I, I like that by the way. We weren't just kind of going. We've been absolutely done over here. It's two two. We arguably conceded the own goal because we were our fullbacks were bombed mm-hmm. up, were bombed up trying to get the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is what I would want my Everton team to do. You know, if that's Sam Allardyce, he's going right two two here, boys. Yeah, everyone behind the ball, everyone behind the ball. Centre half, bring another centre half on. Let's just literally have you know literally ten men behind here. We'll take two two away at Brighton. Yeah, beyond talk sport by the way, the start of this. Yeah, week. we'll reel him out whatever you want, but the point that would have been literally Sam. He did it several times. We'll take the point. We'll take the point away here, Brian. We've got no ambition. We'll take that point, even though we've been done over. We'll take that. No, we actually went on and tried to still get a winner. And obviously, we've been done. Sadibi's got caught high up at the high up the pitch. And by the way, I thought Sadibi played well again. Mm. He, I like the fact he plays with his head up. He's always looking for a pass. He's not looking for the obvious pass either. And I, I genuinely think, obviously, we've been caught there. And it's one of those you can't blame Dean either. It's been smashed across the box. Gomez is trying to chase him. He's obviously knackered. He can't really. He hasn't got much pace anyway. It's just classic, isn't it? OG right there. Brighton will, and even their own players came out after. Was it, was it Murray who came out and said, "To be honest, that was never a penalty." And we kind of almost, almost as players, we knew that, but obviously they're going to take it. Loads of brand, Brighton fanzine sites we've retweeted a couple of those have come out and said, "You have to be an absolute diehard Brighton fan if you think that's a penalty." And the game, so even their own, to be fair, their own hardcore fans have been saying it's a joke. And, and and that's what I'm saying. You just literally cannot write it, can you? But keep all that in mind because we're going to go into VAR in a bit more detail after this short break. It feels great. Um, I was excited this morning to go in and, and meet the lads and, and get on the training pitch and um, get going, really. And um, No, I think it's an exciting time for myself, but it's an exciting time for Everton Football Club, I think. It's, we're moving forward, we're signing the right players, I believe, and I think um, we're all hoping this year can be a, a very good year for us. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're going to, unfortunately, discuss in more detail the, the, the topic, subject of, of VAR, or VARs, as, <laughs> as we can call it. That's sure for fast, piece before you, we have to put the expletives, uh, the letter E, on iTunes. But, Obviously, we know what happened with us and the Brighton game and what have you. But it just doesn't... It's been brought into the Premier League this season, hasn't it? And it's almost as if they brought it in partially and they haven't brought it in fully. And it's not being used for me. How it should be getting used. I mean, this this weekend is a, is a prime example of how poorly it's being used by officials, both on the pitch and, and down in, in Stockley Park. Mm. I mean, my understanding was the whole point of the VAR technology was to remove, I guess, any subjectivity in these big decisions. It was for concrete mistakes, red cards, clear, goals. Clear and obvious, Pete. Yeah. Clear and obvious. Yeah. Clear and obvious is the phrase. Right? And what we're discovering, not just with the Everton game, but with other high-profile examples as well so far this season, is that it's certainly not clear and obvious. 
Well, 100%. Let's reel off the part what we've talked about, obviously, our, our horrendous penalty decision. But even while we've been recording this now, games on games that have uh, been played today, United have been given two VAR pens today, by VAR, been given two, missed both of them, by the way, but still, that's another matter. Um, Andy Gray and Richard Keyes have been turning around saying um, that they believe, and I, 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 we all agree, don't they, that they think that now 89 penalty decisions have not been over, overturned by VAR until this week. And then they've overturned their first one, obviously, as against Brighton. Well, it was just 89 referrals, wasn't it? Was 89 referrals, full stop. Was yeah, yeah, 89 so 89, sorry, yeah, yeah, 89 referrals, full stop, that have not been overturned. Yeah. And they'll go, right, okay, we need to... So that, and they've used, used a term that we all agree with again, is they've been refereeing to public opinion, aren't they? We're getting a bit of criticism here, boys. We need to change it up. We need From to start this using weekend, yeah. This weekend has been an absolute joke, hasn't it, in terms of what's been overturned. I mean, we've mentioned, obviously, what happened with, with ourselves and, the, and the, uh, the penalty incidents. I've just watched back Arsenal's third goal against Crystal Palace, and, and the goal was given by the referee, 3-2. So if, if I was watching Liverpool, uh, Tottenham, flashed up Arsenal, 3-2. And all of a sudden, it then said, "Oh, goal disallowed." Back, back to two all. I've just seen the clip of that, and Callum Chambers has been judged to have been fouling the Crystal Palace players. He had three players around him. He quite clearly made contact with him, and someone again down in Uxbridge or wherever, wherever they are, I said, "Yes, yeah, a foul by by Callum Chambers." Absolutely pathetic. It's, it's, pathetic. It's, 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 it's turning into. A joke, isn't it? Yeah. It's a game that we all love. You know what? I'd rather it be. You know, Benitez made a comment, didn't he, last season after Newcastle done over by a bad decision thing. The quicker we get these video refs in to help the referees, the better. Mm. You know what I mean? And you know, you get what we wish for now. Now we've got almost. It's there, like you said, Pete, to assist the referees. They're called video assistant referees. They're just they're not there to ref to the game to make more mistakes with. Yeah, but they're not there to ref. They're not there to go. I'm refereeing the game. They're there to assist mm. the referee. So therefore, like I said before, why aren't we micing them up? Why isn't there a screen on the side of the pitch? Why can't they go and have a look at the screen themselves and go talk through it so everyone's involved? Let's hear what the ref's saying. Let's hear what Lee Mason, the absolute pillock, saying on his side. Or whoever's in there, you know, any of, any of the other refs. Definitely wouldn't take any more time, would it? It, it would, wouldn't it'd do. It would still take the same amount of time to have the conversation Correct. and make the decision. Correct. It's it already taken a joke of a time as it is. You know, we scored a goal yesterday, by the way, and that was checked for VAR. No one even knew what it was for. Well, no one knew what it was for but we checked remember when they got checked and even they went to kick off Brighton didn't they they were like yeah we had to wait there for two or three minutes while they checked it no one knew what it was for and they went comes off going goal don't they check I mean, all goals well, they check don't all. check all goals they don't check all goals they'll, obviously they'll check it if they think there may be a foul or an offside Or I mean you saw Liverpool Genk the other day Genk scored a great header and they've, they've all gone back to the halfway line Liverpool a few commentators giving it fans go mad and then literally go back to the take, take the kick off oh by the way bring it back again we check the offside. He's half a millimetre offside, so we have to disallow it. But then the it's thing, a joke. The, the, it's so, a joke. So many questions that have come out over VAR, and the, the concern for me is that what what is what are they refereeing to? What is their structure? Are we told to use VAR because we don't we don't know? I don't think the referees know. To be honest with you, after time, I don't think the show. I think they're winging it, mate. Uh, every every goal is checked by VAR. Every single goal. But, but, you, but you don't always get a two or three yeah. minute delay before you yeah. kick yeah. off. Do yeah, you they, don't, they don't normally go and do the delay. And, you know, like, was, like they waited two or three minutes before they kicked off. They're quite clearly looking at yeah, something yeah. again and again and again. Yeah, and yeah. we said this when it first came in. We said this that it's got to be quick. It's got to be quick because you don't want to. You don't want this 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 feature of the game to be stop start stop yeah. start because that 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 takes away the the enjoyment 
the excitement and, and the pace and the speed of football for me. You don't want to get into that, that habit of constantly checking every minute little thing. That is ridiculous. Football doesn't lend itself it doesn't. to that. And, and, yeah. and that's the problem because the, the, the referees for me don't know how to implement VAR. They're not sure when to use it, when not to use it. Those who are looking at the screens um, down in their studio, they're not sure when it should be used. Prime example is yesterday when, when Brighton are given a penalty for obviously we discussed it already and then the Charleston gets hauled down don't even look at it so, so someone someone tell me where the consistency is there well the, the FA have said that they're keen for the referee review area where the referees can they can go and look at incidents again to be used as sparingly as possible exactly sparingly why? but why haven't they used it yet I haven't, haven't they used it, it I remember the first week you came in and Sky clearly being directed both Neville and Carragher had been down to the um the actual VAR centre, and they've clearly been briefed on it. And they've clearly been told by by Sky and everything else. They've clearly been said, "Look, you need to be positive about this because there's right. going to be a backlash." And now they're starting to turn. Now they're starting to turn because they they know that is turning into a farce. But it's funny though, isn't it? Because don't forget, over the course of of last week, before this weekend's games, they had a meeting, didn't they? In regards to VAR was on the agenda, so the those the powers that be had a meeting. So how, how transparent is it that all of a sudden, after nothing being overturned for eight weeks, we have about 53 incidents this weekend that have been exaggeration, but a lot of incidents that have been overturned this weekend. It's so obvious what has gone on, and that, for me, tells you all that you need to know about the officiating and those in charge of English football. Prime example, we played Brighton that game, this time last year, with no VAR, we win that game. Simple. Mm. Win that game, pen doesn't get given, yeah. game goes on, we... Pretty much nine times out of ten, we'll go on to win that game two one. Yeah, that, that, that that's a fact. You know, that's that's a, literally stone cold right there. The, the fact that it's come into the game, they've given a shocker. They've given a shocker for Arsenal today. Cost them two points. You know, United won to the side that already won the game anyway, so it's slightly different. But you know, fans have every right. They're paying their money to go to these games. They're not getting involved. It's it's ruining celebrations. It's ruining the instant reaction of the crowd. Some fans are then cheering for VAR because they've got a benefit decision. Ten minutes later, they're screaming about it because it's gone against them. It's, it's a joke. But you know what, Lee? I think you make that's the glaring point that you make. In every single game, VAR is rearing its ugly head and spoiling it. It's not just like we're, we're sat here today saying, well, Everton's the one fixture yeah. you know, of the weekend where VAR got it wrong uh, and then the other games it wasn't mentioned and football was seamless. Now, in every game... It's stop start or they're making mistakes. Well, this tells you all that you need to know because the worst pundits out there and someone who absolutely hates us, Chris Sutton, has, uh, has just tweeted, I was all for VAR, but Chambers is the final straw. That's appalling. So yeah. even someone like Chris, Chris Sutton, who's uh, an anarchist and likes to just wind people up, even he's seeing it. So it, it's for they me. Need, they need to sort this out. And for me, they need to bin it until it's ready. Bin it until you've got it absolutely nailed yeah. and until it's ready. Correct. Because it, it, it's it's now literally it, it's turning the game that we all love into a joke. You know, even Liverpool take the bias out of it. Liverpool played United every week. There was a, there was a clear foul, albeit it wasn't a, an absolute definite foul, but there was a foul on Origi in the build-up. They go on and do it, and they get the goal, and they get the goal. United get the I goal. I disagree with you there. No, yeah, but foul. no, I'm taking the bias. I thought it was a foul. I thought it was a foul. I thought he, 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 held, I thought he clipped him. He held, wrong, he held the wrong leg for a start. Yeah, but it doesn't matter about that. I thought he was clipped. There was contact. I thought he was clipped. I I'm think you both on the wrong podcast. Well, no, no, no. I'm, no I'm, I'm just trying to take the bias out of it. Saying that the basis that we're not just saying, oh yeah, Everton should have had a pen. Everton should have had this. 
No, to take it out of it. Leagues on Redmen TV this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, uh, no, no, but genuinely, I just think until they get it right, they need to they need to strip it away from the game. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. They need to strip it away and then come back with a much more refined model. You know, use it in the cups if you have to. I know they tried to do that last year. Again, that was an utter farce. Utter farce. Oh, we'll use it for some games, some games, but we won't use it for all of them. Oh, by the way, but there's a stonewall handball there for a goal. Yeah, but we won't, we haven't got VAR here at this game, but we've got it in the next game on Sky at four o'clock. Or when we play Man City in the cup yeah. and the ball's about half a yard. <laughs> no, but again, at the play it's before they cross it in for a goal. Yeah, that, that just sums it up in itself. Even last year, some games, cup games had VAR, some didn't. I mean, you know, we're the, we're the most watched league in the world. We're the, by far the wealthiest league in the world, and we can't even get that right. Can't even get it right. I mean, it's 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 turning into it's making us look a laughing stock. Not just us, but you know, other other, other leagues across but the country. You can accept there's going to be teething problems, can't you? You can accept there's going to be a handful of mistakes. But every, as you say, every week, every game, there's a cluster of big decisions that go wrong. Massively, and the thing is, I, I said it last week, and I know I think Baz agreed with it as well. But why why are we getting their colleagues? By the way, oh, we're not refing a game this week, so you can go Stockley Park. And go, it does not let, let it be a, let it be a team. That maybe outside the Premier League, maybe the you know the former refs or whatever, they refereed in different countries. Let them be. Let them be managing VAR. I don't even want the refs to know who it is. They shouldn't have a relationship there with them because that'll affect decisions as well. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and although that that might be requesting in referees integrity, that's exactly what we're doing because you know if you if you got a relationship with someone who's obviously the uh, controlling VAR and what have you. You know that will impact certain things. You, you know, well, maybe your best mate there that you're speaking to. Yeah, you, know of I mean? you might turn around and go, "Yeah, to be fair, mate. Yeah, you don't. We don't know what they're saying. Yeah, to be fair, mate. Actually, yeah. Hey, listen. You know? If if Alexa can turn on my lights and boil a kettle, <laughs> she can sort VAR out. Maybe we get Alexa or Siri or who's the other one? Google. Alexa was that a pen? Probably get more sense. Yeah, but we'll so, make a right decision. It's so, it's so more sense than Lee Mason. That's for sure. But it's it's going to be an ongoing discussion, I'm sure, for for the rest of this season into next season. And like you say, Lee, the parts of it that, that have worked okay, better than most. Offside, it's it's fine. Okay, I don't think it's fine offside it's, either. Yeah, but it's I better. It's fine. better than than most, isn't this it? It's clear. It's clear. Yeah, yeah, it's not foolproof. Is no, it? no, it's, it's not. not it's not. But it's better. So yeah. so if you're gonna. But if it's not foolproof. Don't use it for me. But if it's not foolproof, don't you? We're, we're literally half a toenail offside, but we don't know when the ball was kicked. So. Therefore, why we why we say that? So just go back to it has to be like, well, obviously daylight or literally more than more than a more than half a yard off. That's what it should be using for. Because then we know when the ball was kicked at the exact moment. If it's half a toe off, we don't know that at all. And therefore, you make stupid decisions. We've got bigger problems than that. VAR is giving penalties for people touching each other's toes in the box. Oh, <laughs> mate, yeah, but mate, trust me. If you think this is the end of it, it's not. We will get done over on a VAR for yeah. half a mil offside. I can guarantee it. And it'll the, probably happen in the cup next week. No, no, well, it won't. Yeah. It'll happen in the derby. You know what happened in the derby? Well, the field, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, so, so this is what I mean. So we'll get done with it, with an offside at some point. They need to sort that out as well. Bin that unless you know exactly when it's being kicked. Literally, just bin it. Because at the end of the day, they're making decisions that are just completely unblack. They're not, they're not black and white. They're just not black and white. You cannot strip strip it away. Use it for only literally, like you just said, absolute howlers, mate. Where it's, you know clearly he was five yards off, or clearly he was completely taken out the other day. A bit like Sadiq the other day. Mm. Look at that. Yeah, he's been clearly absolutely taken out there. Free kick. You know that takes two seconds to see that. Yeah. I just it, you can see we're all emotional about it because because we just think it's just. You know, imagine being at the game 
and and and, and seeing constantly being at the game and seeing all this, you just be you just turn off and go, what's the point in football anymore? What's it's the point? It's interesting. I was on my way to work earlier this week. I talked sport on, and they were talking about give season ticket holders for all Premier League clubs a vote at the end of the season. VAR, yes or no? I think it's a good well, idea. I think it's a good idea. I think that's a section across every team, mm. and, and and do that. I think that's a fair. That's a fair point. But the club should be making a fuss as well. But you are, I, I, yeah, they should be. So. They should be. They should be holding them to account. If, if I'm if I'm Everton there or Arsenal today or what have you, I'm making a massive fuss over what's just gone on this weekend and the decisions that have gone against against those sides. Unless you question it, unless you make a big issue of it, it will not change. It will not get better. The same people will be in charge on the pitch, off the pitch. The same ground and gloves will exchange hands. I don't care what anyone wants to say. It goes on. Mm. Well, look what happened in Serie A. Yeah, of course. Look what happened in Serie A, which once was, you know, when we were growing up, the biggest league in the world, Mm. and all the stuff that came out about corrupting match fix and all that. Look, it's a big statement to make. You know, it's hard to make that sort of sweeping statement without any sort of evidence or anything like that. But you look at things like that and it's hard not to think of what is going on here. You know what, I mean? yeah. what is going on? Well, the reason we made that kind of statement is because you see these kind of decisions being made and you think, how in anyone in their right mind can they believe that that was a penalty or what mm. happened today with Arsenal? Callum Chambers was being penalised when quite clearly he was fouled. That's why you question it. And yeah, it's emotion talking and it's frustration and what have you because we've been on the wrong end of an absolutely appalling decision this weekend. But until they get it right... You can't, you can't, you, you just can't have it, can you? You know, as much as I, yeah, there's certain things I think work, work okay. I mean, when, when they brought in the goal line technology, fantastic. It doesn't affect the game, it's, it's a it? goal it's seamless. or not a goal, and you know, within about half a second, if the referee look at his watch, yeah, goal, bang, everyone on the ground knows there's no waiting around. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's seamless and it's black football. and white, that though, yeah. But for the, the yeah. for, for using it for fouls, like the Keane one, for using it for debatable handballs. For using it for like marginal offsides, it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Goal line is black and white. Is the ball in or is it out? Which, That's black and white. The, the others are all subjective. Which is why it should be assistant technology. This is why it should be fed back to the referee and the referee should be able to have a look at it for themselves correct. because they are the person in charge of the game. They're correct. They're refereeing the game. I mean, obviously you just said them, Mike, that the guys, obviously Keys and Gray use the term VR, video referee, as opposed to assistant referee. How ironic is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the truth, isn't it? They're refing the game yeah. when they're not even on the pitch there. Yeah. It's been made by someone who's not even involved in the whole rigmarole of the game, all the little decisions that are going on, all the little sort of, you know, the, the general vibe of the game. They're not there, to, they're just assessing it from there and they're making wrong decisions on that basis. No, it was very, very different circumstances, but do you remember Everton submitting a portfolio of video evidence to the FA um, of penalty incidents? Mm-hmm. It was a season where, was after, we, after we signed Andy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I think right, yeah. I think there'd been something like 16, 17 penalties that yeah. hadn't been given. Yeah. And I thought it was great that the club did that. Mm. You know, stone cold evidence, video recordings, handed into officials. You explain to us mm. why we didn't get those decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, as, as, as it, it? Because we're still on the wrong end of the now. <laughs> so well, didn't, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't they, they got a referee? Who was the referee? Was it Halsey? Was it something like that? They basically banned. Was it after the Jack Rodwell shocker? Was it? Oh no, Halsey. Halsey was is actually he's a friend of the club. He's very very uh, high. No, no, he's yeah, the other guy that was banned from refereeing yeah, our games. Yeah, uh, do you remember? Well, there was one ref. Yeah, it? there was. Obviously, Clattenburg was one. Answers on a postcard. Yeah, yeah. But no, but the point I'm saying is, is that you know, do we need to be able to do that and then hold Mason to account and say, look, you're not touching the game at Goodison? Then it was Atkinson, wasn't it? With uh, with Rodwell, mm, yeah. with Atkinson, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I'm but then do we now. need to say that then to someone like Mason and you're not touching the game then it goes after that absolute howler eh? oh, he, he, he'll wear his way out of it but when he, he'll wear his way out of it don't, don't worry about that uh, he's a red by the way but we, look just well, to finish up in it I mean it's clear as day we all think the same I think the vast majority of football fans think the same you know we we, we need to well the, the FA and, and the Premier League more importantly need to basically take this away take the feedback on board and then kind of go right we need to bring this back to the table when this is way, way better than it is now. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be interactive. The fans need to know what's going on at the game. We need to know what's going on if we're watching it on the box or whatever. There needs to be com- clear communication so that there's clear, you know, your mic'd up, your mic'd up. Let's see, the, let's see your evidence behind that. And well, let's, it, see your, let's see your thought process behind that. It's something that the debate's going to rumble on, as we said, for, for quite a long time until, until you rectify this. I mean, obviously, let, let's see what happens the, the rest of the season. I'm sure it'll feature heavily again on a, on a future episode. But... Let's let's move on from there. Let's, let's take our final break before we look ahead to the games against Watford and Tottenham. It was a great ball from the right, and the keeper actually got the ball. But the only thing I could think of doing was just heading him where he got the ball, and I actually headed the back of his hand. And I said the word to him afterwards, and he says he did well there because I just headed the back of his hand to try and knock it in the net, and then it went. We can look at it now. It's Trevor Stephen, in fact, who did so well to yeah, get in the cross. Great cross and I thought the keeper always had it, and I just went up and headed the back of his hand. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast as we look ahead to what is a, a busy week with uh, with Watford in the in the Carabao Cup at Goodison and then the visit of Spurs uh, on Sunday. So if we if we start off with, with Watford, you know, if thinking about what's happened at the weekend against Brighton and what have you, I think this this game takes an absolutely huge, huge significance, doesn't it, in, in our season and also, as previously mentioned, the reign of Marco Silva. Yeah, 100% and how ironic it's against Watford, isn't it? Um, the Snake Boys? The Snake Boys, as you love to call them. Um, but I, I think, um, yeah, they're not having a great season. Um, they've obviously already changed their manager. The lovely uh, Abby Garcia that they absolutely loved um, is, is gone. Um, obviously absolutely tonked by City but since then they've looked probably a little bit more stable certainly at the back um, it's a big opportunity for us at home um, to get into the quarterfinals I think if we play anywhere near that level that we did against West Ham there's nothing to say we can't hopefully you'll see a reaction from the players after the absolute you know farce that's happened at the weekend I think we've got a great chance of getting through and I think you know getting to the quarters lifts the club lifts the team um, and lifts the manager as well um, going into sort of an out of sorts Spurs team at the weekend isn't it interesting how the players react after the way we lost at Brighton you'd, you'd hope that we react in the right way but like we were saying it's so I think psychologically damaging to have the game ripped away from you under those circumstances I, I think it could be tough. It's it's a manner of the, of the defeat against Brighton, isn't it? Which which absolutely it's a it's a kick in the stomach for for us as fans. So I imagine the players, uh, if if obviously they they feel attached to the club, it's a kick in the in the stomach for them as well. And yeah, it's it's going to be a strange one I think on Tuesday because if you win that game against Brighton, obviously Goodison Park night game, you the fans are right off for that. They when we're, we're right in the game, I think it's going to be a little bit flat. Pre-game, I think it's going to be it's going to take quite a bit from the, the side on the pitch to, to get something from the from the crowd. Um, Incestant, 
I'm sitting like Barry Everton Burrows on on Tuesday, so I'll be listening to what with your Brazil flag. Got a Brazil flag, yeah, yeah. I got a Brazil flag there, so I'm gonna have, have a little bit of, bit of cardboard saying uh, the Charleston, give us your shirt, and I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Silver in, silver, silver in. in, yeah. But no, you know, it's 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 so important that you know we we crave success, we crave trophies, and there's no better chance than to get to the quarterfinals with it with a home tie against Watford, the side we've beat already this season, Marco Silva's old side, the Snake Boys, all that, absolutely massive chance for us to kickstart our season. You'd like to think we should win that game, I mean, you just got to hope it's not one of those, you know, like, yeah, we've only got Wigan at home, remember when we had that infamous Wigan game in the Cup, and we had, you know, we were playing actually after eating footy at the time, we should have gone through in that, let's hope it's more... You know the Chelsea own game when Lukaku scored that top quality goal. Let's hope it's more like that. Um, it just shows you though, because you know, as well as we played against West Ham the other week, the fans, I think the majority, you know, they will get behind the team, won't they? You know, as they proved in that game, if we show that we're up for it and we're playing fast, energetic footy, and you know, if we can put the same players on the pitch, hopefully, Mean is back. I hope he play, I hope he plays a full strength team. I think he will. I think he will play a full-strength team. I hope he does. And he plays as near as to that starting eleven again uh, as he did on Saturday. Well, it's, it's probably the only certainty going into the game, isn't it? That he's, he's going to have to change the lineup in some way with Bernard being out. Yeah, Bernard being out, I, I would imagine... We don't know the full extent of Mina's. It wasn't he such and go for Saturday, was he? He, he travelled with the squad. You know, I, th- I think he was probably pretty close and I think they probably thought best to err the side of caution. And he should be fit for the for the Wofford game for me. Massively. I thought Holgate did alright. Did, did, did right. absolutely fine. A couple of rash tackles, but I think though the rash tackle was, was after, yeah. was after <laughs> someone had been in his ear and, and giving him a little bit of stick, so he just took him out. But it was um, after the pen decision as well. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was yeah. riled. So I'm not by the way justifying it, but you, that, that's that's why it happened. But I think so important that the player who has arguably been our best player this season, Yeri Mina, comes back into that side. Um, you know. Watford have got a bit of pace, haven't they? Obviously, Delafeu causing caused a few issues with it, with his pace. Pereira, another one. Uh, they have a bit of strength, don't they? The likes of uh, Andre Gray, people like that. But yeah, it's, I think it's important. But we've got to go out as, as, we, as we've done already. You know, we we played Lincoln, we played Sheffield Wednesday. We treated this this competition, you know, very very seriously. We played really strong sides. We've we played well against Lincoln. Didn't do too bad against Sheffield Wednesday. We should have maybe won by by more than two. Um, so it's yeah first game at home in the cup this season I, th- I think we've got to go out there like West Ham first minutes of the game show show that tempo show that desire show the passion get the fans on side and let's let's go out there let's let's sign win the game comfortably and get to the get to the half of the quarter final yeah it's an opportunity you know normally you're on the on the receive you know on the, on the back of a bad result particularly after the way that result happened it's an opportunity to put it right on, on Tuesday. And then follow that, hopefully then, with a win. And then going into the Spurs game on the back of a positive result rather than a result where you've been robbed. So it's an opportunity. I think as a player, if that's me and that's happened to me, I would do. that would raise my level again. I know some people might react differently and all that, but it's a great ammunition tool for Silver to be able to turn around and motivate that team and say, look, we've been absolutely robbed here. Let's go out there and show these boys. Let's put this tie to bed. Let's get a few early goals and let's basically enjoy ourselves on the pitch. And I think hopefully that'll be the case. Obviously, Watford will be up for it. It's a big game for them as well. They'll be up for it. But I just think if we play, and like I said, anywhere near the level 
that we played the last home game, I think we we I think we beat them comfortably. We're talking our strongest lineup for both games, not just the Watford game, the Spurs game as well. Does Sadibi keep his place at right back? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Dean's got to play. Obviously, if Mina's fit, he comes straight back in. Someone put a tweet the other day actually saying, you know, is there a shout really for? Because obviously Keane's not been in the best of form. Is there a shout for maybe Mina and Holgate? Even do you know what I mean, I don't know what you boys think of that. Do you think that's? You know my thoughts on Holgate. As much as he did okay, I thought against Brighton, obviously he. He's, Keane's he's, been out of form, hasn't he? He's an athlete. He has, no, I agree. Keane's been out of form. And if there was if there was more options there, I think you'd see Pete Dyer to jump in here. I, I am, because he lads, his body language, language. centre-half. He's literally shaking in this Look, you made the cardinal mistake last season and the two of you ended up with egg on your face when I was right about the centre-half selection for the derby and the following games because what you don't do is you don't put together two centre-halves who haven't played football. So... Is there, got to it, at some point, so is there a shout for for Mina and Holgate? No, absolutely there isn't. Maybe in the future, maybe when they've had a couple of warm-up games together and they've learned how to play with each other, maybe. But at the moment, no. You don't think Keane's out of form? He's out of form. I think he's he's been poor last few weeks. I, I think since the England game. Since the England game. I, yeah, I think he's lacking in confidence, but I, I think he's put in some good performances for me. No, I, I think that's generous. I think he's, I think he's, he's since that England game when he got an absolute slating by the national press. I think, and he's dropped. Yeah, I think he struggled. It's confidence he's struggled. massively, and he's fragile. Yeah, he's lacking in confidence. Yeah, I thought he played well against West Ham. I, like I thought Michael on the whole, Keane. he played well against Brighton. Yeah, I like Michael Keane. I like, you know, I think there is a bit of a fragility there in him. For a centre half, you want your centre half win, lose or draw that you're giving it. You know, and you're not affected by these sort of things, and he's not headstrong enough. Me, um, although he did have a, a good season last season, I think he started on the whole this season pretty poorly. But at least with a bit of common sense, we're all settled on that back. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that back four. Yeah, he's made already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Pickford. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But who, who comes in on the left? So on the left, f- for me, I would actually, I would still want to play a Wobie ten. I would still want to play a Wobie ten. I'd play Walcott right. I'd again play Richardson through the middle. I think he's a handful. He, he scored, obviously. Anyway. So he's on the left? So on the left-hand side, I'd actually play... I'd probably play Key. I'd probably play Key. Moyes Keane on the left? I'd probably play him coming in on and off the left, yeah. I'd probably play Kevin Sheedy at this rate. Kevin Sheedy. <laughs> I would genuinely... I, I genuinely... And the toffee would, lady on the bench? The toffee lady on the bench. Who would you play left? Who would you play left? I've got a... I've got a sneaking suspicion... What is going to happen? I'm not saying this is what I want to do. Sigurdsson will come in at ten. I think I think that's an, that's at the front of Marco Silva's mind. I would like to think. I, I've got a, I've got another little feeling that we might see Calvert Lewin come back in, mm. scored again. Uh, not good enough though. Calvert Lewin come in up top. Your Charlson's up to the left because he will give Dean that cover. Where he works, he works massively hard, uh, and potentially he will keep keep Walcott. On the right, and we 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 will see a Wobi as the ten. I'd like to think that a Wobi will stay as a ten. I don't think Wobi is massively effective on the wing, and and he struggles with that defensive mm. um, discipline, doesn't he? And, yeah. and, and Luca Dean struggles as well when someone in front of him hasn't got that discipline. So I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see a Wobi stay as a ten, but Richardson could be dragged out, and, and our main goal scoring threat lately, Don Calvert Lewin comes in up top. Well, for me, I play Richardson through the middle. I think he's our best goal threat for him. And I know Dominic's come in. I know he's on a bit of a goal run. He, had, he did well in the last round of the cup. 
I just don't think. I think Richardson's more of a handful. But again, who would you play on the left? Because how do you have Awobi on the left and then Sigurdsson Walcott? I don't see how you can play uh, Moyes Keane on the left hand side when he's not played there before. When you're not going to get a defensive game out of him. I think his best position, by the way, going forward, if we're going to play like a three there, he's coming in off the flank. I, I, don't think I agree. I think he's looked most yeah. comfortable when he's been on the right and he's been facing play and he's had more time and space it's on the, the ball. It's less pressure, I think, playing there. Yeah, but I think he's good with the ball at his feet. Yeah, no, he's very good, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't start him out wide. Not not in that kind of game. Not when you need... What well, are the alternatives on the left? Awobi's obviously one. Richarlison's two. Richarlison's two. Yeah. And Keane, is that it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Who, else, who else would you play there? Play, play Baines left-back and put Dean left, 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 left of the front three there. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be that expensive, are we? I don't think it's too that much, surely. Mike Bassett call there. Yeah. No, but, but, but jokes aside, I do think, I don't I don't think we would, what would we have to lose by doing that? Mm. I think we could do that. I think I, I think the boy could be cutting. <laughs> A cutting quarter-final. <laughs> no, but I think, the boy, I think the boy could be cutting on his right foot and getting shots off. I, mean, I love Martin Moore by the way the moist pins it's a bag I mean, no, look, it, it, it's a, on his right foot there he's got a decent dig on him he's got a good feet why wouldn't he Why look, wouldn't he be, it's a lovely uh, vision why, why, why is he not cracking them in from the halfway line a Wobie as a 10 is definitely got to be a 10 he's got to play through the middle he's got to if not he's going to drift out to the left if he plays left and then Sigurds is going to be 10 and we'll be back in the same situation we were pre-West Ham where we're static through the middle team forces out wide cross it in clear it I, I agree it won't be better as a 10 but I just think you can't start Moyes Keane out wide because well, it'll, it'll, that mean it'll be what Mike said then we mean Sigurdsson going through the middle and then I, someone else going out I know what it means I'm not debating what it means yeah, what's the lesser of two evils though <laughs> so would you rather a Wobie 10 or Sigurdsson 10 and then just just for the sake of it and have I mean Mike shout of potentially playing Richardson off the left who's played there before and then play Calvert Lewin, maybe might, might be the way he goes. But I think we've got to have a Wobie as the ten. We've got to. He's always on the half turn. He's always looking to slide people in. He's far more creative and dangerous than Sigurdsson. And Sigurdsson's got a great dig and he's good on the edge of the box. But he, he doesn't really add anything in terms of sliding people in and well, creating. In that case, then you'd have Sigurdsson on the bench. But I, I, I wonder whether he'll start with Sigurdsson, given the injury to Bernard, because otherwise you've got all your wide players on the pitch at the same time starting the game, haven't you? Yeah, but... It's a valid point, please. We should be starting the game 100 mile an hour and getting in front. Getting the crowd behind us, night game. Let's go after them. Let's get the best possible team we can on that pitch. You've got to be, you've got to be sensible about it as well. Number one, what happens if someone gets a knock? And number two, what happens if after 60, 65 minutes you need no change? Someone to come into a you wide position? You can bring someone like Keane on then. If Richarlison's playing on the left-hand side, then you could bring someone like Keane on if you want to change it. I think I think he may go the way you said there, Mike. I think he might go Calvert-Lewin through the middle. I think he might play Richarlison off the left, Walcott on the right, and then a Wilby 10. But I think he has to be able to play that. Otherwise, we're just too slow, too static. I think Sigurdsson has, as much as I like him as a player, I just think he, he just has that effect on the team. And we're just not as quick and as progressive through the midfield. Uh, and when he gets on it, he tends to slow it down and... You know, he's just not nowhere near as creative. Like I said, he doesn't drive with the ball like Keane does, and uh, not Keane, sorry, like Awobi does. And he's not always looking to slide people in like Awobi does. And so I think we'll be far more of a goal threat with that with that type of team. Okay, so, so regardless of who's playing then, what are we saying? Are we are we gonna have a reaction? Are we gonna pick up the win and get the quarter final, or will it will it fall apart and, and we and we see potentially the end of of Marco Silva, which is I think we win two one. I think we win 2-0 I think we've been playing 
too high a standard of football I think we've been unlucky and I think we're going to turn it around I think we win on pens don't say that mate go on the game mate I can't be able to deal with that you're well, going as well I am so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't be able to watch pens well it's our team isn't it? so we're yeah. okay in terms of it being a what we'll match. do right? we'll do we'll have a fifth pen to win it we'll, uh, 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 Pickford will be in nets and they'll disallow it for VAR because he's off his line. That's, that's only, what'll happen. Only if Lee Mason, only if Lee Mason is, is yeah. in charge. He's just gone to Lee Mason that. in Sotley Park. Pickford was half a yard off his line. Disallowed. Does anyone know if, uh, yeah. he was reckoning on the, him on Tuesday? Because imagine, imagine if he rocked off Lee Mason. Imagine that. Oh, mate. I'd enjoy that. I don't no, enjoy no, that. he wouldn't show his face around those parts if, he's, but, if he wants. But anyway, let's let's hope let's hope we we, we can we can get through because it, it will it will obviously change the the mood around the club quarterfinals to look forward to etc. And also the game against Tottenham on Sunday, which you know we want to go we want to into that game on the back of getting into the quarterfinal mm. league cup, don't we? Because I mean Tottenham are a funny side. I've won away since January, so Tottenham yeah. welcome to Goodison Park. <laughs> um, but. We obviously saw them against Liverpool um, today. A little bit. They're a funny side. You, know, you look at how well they've done in, in the last couple of years under Pochettino, and we always say how well Pochettino has, has, has done with them. And they're just, they're just they've got there's disharmony in the camp. There is, but they've got real talent. They've got real quality, haven't they? But at times, you just don't. Well, this season, they don't really use it in the in the right places on the pitch, and they look a little bit toothless. But still, a, still a, a real quality side and a danger side, aren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. Massively, I think you know they, they, they show glimpses. I mean, they've had some absolute shockers. They got tonked. What was it, seven two by Bayern Munich in, at home? Yeah. Um, they lost to, to, to Brighton, the same place we've been to, three nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've turned up today, Anfield. They could have got something out of that game. They weren't at the races in parts, but they look came for all the all the stick he's been getting. He scored sixteen in the last seventeen games in, in for club and country. So. You know that just shows you the level he's at. He's, he's, having, he's having a bad season. Yeah. You know I mean, he's, for me, he's another Alan, Alan Shearer. He scores all types of goals. Took his goal again today uh, very well. You know, if they turn it on and they have done it, let's be honest, they've turned it on at our place a few times and killed us. Was it five two? Yeah, we went toe to toe with them. Yeah. I think Calvert Lewin had uh, that goal disallowed for two nil. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Um, but I think there's two. They're a jackal and Hyde team this year. Spurs for me. Um, I think if we can score first in that game, I think we can really put them under. We can really put them under and, and potentially go on and get a much-needed win against them because we, we, you know, we haven't beaten them um, for quite. They always used to be great games, didn't they? Particularly mm-hmm. under Moyes and that, it was always nip and tuck, mm-hmm. even at their place and our place. We played brilliant there. Actually, we were on the on the back of our good run at the end of the season, wasn't it? I know it was obviously a bit of a oh, two all. Yeah, yeah, we should yeah. probably should have won that. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ideal time to actually to, to put that record to bed. Um, best, best pie, best pie in the Premier League. Best Tottenham pie in the Premier League. Don't forget that. Um, but no, I think uh, it all depends on what Spurs' side turns up. If Ericsson turns up, Kane turns up, Deli Alley's been an absolute nightmare recently. But you know, he'll score two. Yeah, he scored. Uh, he scored at our place. I think he scored one or two last season. Um, the, the danger man, Son, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, Son and Kane. Son, and yeah, exactly. You know, Son has looked lively. But the thing is, what lifted their, their, their them is that obviously they, had, they played an absolute. Shocking side in the week in the Champions League, but they scored four or five. Yeah, five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so they, that's lifted them as a team, as it would lift any team, you know, hammering at home there. So they did go into the Liverpool game, started pretty well today, got an early goal, uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, threw it away with, with Ori at the end. But um, it's, it's never an easy game between us and them. They've always had the edge on us recently, but I, th- I would like to think now, with the way they are as a camp, there's clearly 
something going on there. If we can get a goal, get in front, I think we can. I think we can beat them. And that's not just trying to be blind. I think. I think. I think we can beat them. I think a lot depends on how it goes on Tuesday for me. It, mm. it really does. I mean, if if we if we lose that game against Watford and we go to the cup, the the disharmony amongst our supporters and so fragile. Isn't it, it is. Listen, it's it's massively fragile and within within the boardroom and, and a Finch farm and. It's it's on a knife edge, it really is, and and you know I don't like Chai Nicholas, but he said Everton only a couple of games away from it, an absolute disaster, aren't they? Or a crisis, as he said, and I don't like that, like what he said a lot of the time, but I think he, he's sort of bang on it. That's the balance. That's the way it's gone at the moment. We do at the moment. That's how it is, whether we whether we like it or not. So it massively massively depends on how it goes on Tuesday for me. It really does. Tottenham, as as we've said, are a dangerous side, and when they want to turn it on, the quality showed us last season. We tried to go toe to toe and got absolutely blathered. And we can't afford to do that. Um, but for me, yeah, it's—I don't know. It's—it's it's a real, it's a real tough one. It really is. All like you said, for me, it all depends on 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 the result in the week. If we can get a win there, we go in there with a different mindset. If we if we're not doubt, then you're going in there, you know, under under the cosh big time, aren't you? Um, like you said, it's such a balancing act at the minute, and that's what really frustrates me at the minute. You know, just, there's such a split in the fans there's fans arguing with each other there's fans arguing with each other at the game there's fans arguing with each other I've not seen any of that at the game no there's been bits there's been bits there's, there's, I've seen, there's, seen, there's, there's been some there's some guy even put someone on Twitter today saying he was absolutely you know abused for, for, for saying that uh, giving some guy stick back about Silver it's, it's just it's on, it's on Twitter there as well but oh, I just, when, I, when I go to the game everybody's there supporting the uh, club yeah they are but there's always that little bit of that you can you can feel it Pete you can feel there's an edge sometimes I know you go over your own game but there is that sort of, you know, and it's just, it's just not a nice position to be as a club where you literally it's on edge, it's on the edge every time. No, I'm not. I mean. I'm not having this take off because I, I was there under Coleman, I was there under Martinez, seven under Allardyce, and you can tell when it starts to go sour, when it's quiet, when it's narky, when someone gives the ball away. It's not like that at the moment. So let's not be no, no, painting that picture. No, but, it's, but there's a clear we're one game away from the sack here. I don't like that. I don't like I that. I think that's the fear. Yeah, that's, think that's the, the fear. But that—that's not what it's like at the ground. Yeah, but I, I think Mike's just nailed it there. If we lose in the cup and we go and we we'll play Spurs at home, definitely. Then, it, then all of a sudden, yeah, we're all sat there on Sunday. Well, that's, that's how fragile it is. is it, terrible. Isn't it? Yeah, that's of course it is. That's how fragile it is at the but, minute. But all I'm saying is, at the moment, the atmosphere at Goodison's. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's great, but we're supporting the club, and there's, there's still a bit of confidence there. I think. I think that. Because of and we we touched on this heavily last week with with the with the podcast, because of the involvement of our social media, you see and you you privy to a lot more people's exactly. feelings than you ever used to be able to see. So, if this was say fifteen years ago, we wouldn't know really. So so Pete's saying there what he sees at the match and it's it's generally it's all right. And so we wouldn't really be set having the same conversation. We'll be just be what we what we read all the time, what we see, the disharmony among supporters. You probably wouldn't see it because these have been chatted up in the pub. Yeah, and after the after these don't go the game. Mm. Look, yeah. we, were yeah, t- we were talking last week on, on the podcast. The game. You don't have to go to the game to be able to appreciate the split. There is a split. But I, I think there's, I think there's I'm not saying there's levels of fans, but I think there's differences in supporters. I think there's your Evertonian who doesn't go the game, who doesn't watch the matches, who doesn't fully follow the club, and just loves a good whinge. Just loves to moan when we're not winning because when we beat West Ham. The players who came off that were substituted, stand innovations. We've seen last week. I, I said it was the 
first time I can remember that Theo Walcott got a standing ovation, good on him, he played really well, and at the end of the game, everybody stayed and clapped the team off. Now, that's why I'm saying it doesn't have the feel of... I'm not saying it's the game this week, albeit we were robbed, and you only have to see, like, Mike, Mike, you control most of the social side on social media there. Don't say that, because I'll be getting personal tweets now. No, no, but obviously we we mix it up, we mix it up. But (laughs) But Twitter's Twitter, isn't it? No, but yeah, but it's it's still still a voice of, 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 you know, there's several thousand people on there talking, and there's a lot, there's a big split, there really is a big split between, you know, and, and, and like Baz said last week, it's getting personal. People, you know, it's getting per- you know. It's not real life, though, is it? No, it's not real life. And there's certain things that people would say on there they wouldn't say to their face. Totally agree with that. But there is a lot, a lot of absolute sort of like, you know, not nice stuff going on. And, and, and on, on exactly. So the next way. time you feel like tweeting something stupid, put your phone down for a week, save up your pennies, and come down to Goodison Park and actually watch the football team. It's, yeah, but it's fun. You know, like a lot of those will go the game. I don't think it is. Like I said, a lot of those will go the game and be on there. I don't think it's a case of you're on Twitter and you don't go the game. A lot of them will will do both. But I just think, yeah, I just think it's, it's just, you know, we don't want our club in that position. I don't want our club in that position. You know, there was a bit of positive feeling around the club. Last year, the originals got behind it. We got the siren going. We got more singing, more singing in the Gladys. You know, there was a real feel-good factor around the club, and that, and literally within a space of what, a quarter of a season, it's it's it's, it's negativity again. Look, I'm, you know, I'm not being a crank about it, and I'm, I'm not being a football snob, but all I'm all I'm saying is, in general, the people that go to the game don't tweet stupid, ridiculous stuff because... That's a stupid act- statement, mate. No, it's not, because you, you've invested in supporting the team in a certain way. When you go to the game and you sit down in your seat and you see the team come out, you've got to support the team, you've we got to support that, the club. But what I'm saying is then you go 1-0 down and then you start seeing the real sort of people that are coming out and having a right whinge. Well, this you know is my point. You don't see that at the game because you, you've, got to, you've got to support the Blues. I, I think when do. you're at home, you sat in your undies, watching it on a dodgy stream, it's a bit different. No, I... I don't. I think no. I don't, I don't I, you think, I think, right? I think people, people have their opinions whether they go to the game or not. So they will have an opinion, and they're entitled to. And, they, and they've yeah. got, they've got a, obviously Twitter, whatever you know, Instagram, whatever. They've got a medium there to, to voice their opinion. The point is that it would fifteen years ago, it's, it's totally different, and you wouldn't be able to pick up on these things as much as we do now because we're we're so privy to these to these. What, what what might have been say private thoughts or thoughts within a friendship group? It doesn't happen anymore. It's 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 for the world to see. The point is though, a lot of these people who who say things that they say when they go to the match, they don't say it. They don't, they don't stand there and they don't shout Marco Silva out. Da, 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 da. You're useless. No, but you see certain there. players get yeah, horror so, abuse. So Davis has, has it a lot. Barkley had it before him. Okay, but Rodwell had it before him. But, but, but what people, I'm get, is, people get massively abused. But you see, you see do. the same things at the moment, week in, week out, from the same, the same accounts, the same people, the same groups, whoever it might be. Okay, they have a different opinion to ourselves, they have the same opinion to ourselves. But the, a lot of the negativity that you see on social media doesn't necessarily translate to the ground. So it doesn't mean they don't, they don't go to the game. It's just that they, they will hide behind what they say, behind an egg or behind an emoji or whatever it might be behind a picture but they won't necessarily publicly voice that at the game so we're all Evertonians we're all doesn't matter who's in charge of the side we're all there to support the team and generally we do it but like you say Lee you do see incidents at times where this it can spill over but at the moment I've not really heard it when I've been um, you don't really hear it when you watch it on the telly they're there to, to, to support the team but it's a it's an again we, as we said already, to sort of finish finish things off, 
it's on the knife edge. This week is we keep on saying it, it's hugely important. It could swing either way, couldn't it? For, mm. for the team, for ourselves as fans, for Marco Silva. We I think things will be a lot clearer when we record next week, is all I'll say. And that's it's it's a pivot it's a pivotal weekend in know, the club season. It's a pivotal week. And I think Baz made a great point in the week saying if he's not our manager, like, you know, in the game and the game before that, then he should shouldn't be our manager then. You know, he shouldn't be thinking, right, if you win this week he stays, he loses, he got he's gone. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't but that, be but like that. that. We all said, support it's the modern team. football, isn't it? No, it's, it's modern football, football yeah, but, but at the same time it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like if we lose this, well he's gone. If we don't, oh we have got we've got someone else coming. You know, I think fundamentally, yeah, the commonality is that we all want obviously the team to do well, we all want it to win, but I just think we need to move away from this like for me, this this quick sudden moves to negativity, the glass off empty opinion, oh it's Everton, oh it's Everton. We need to move away from that. We need to move away, you know, we need to be able to try and get glass half full type attitudes at the club. And look, I understand a lot of it is down to the fact we've not won anything for years. Some of the fans have seen us win some, some trophies. We've not really seen it seen us win next to well, the FA Cup and that's it in ninety five. So I understand you can see it it's, it's a build up of, you know, twenty twenty odd years, you know what I mean? But it needs to be like for me more glass half full stuff not this oh yeah it's just classic Everton now it's Everton it's, we need to move because then that's in, indemnifies itself into the club not just into the fans it's from the fans into the players on the pitch into the club into the manager into you know it, it does it filters through the club that well, type of negativity all the time we've mentioned before this is something which is I think which is deep rooted and it's something which we could probably talk about for hours and hours and hours but to try and just round things off let's have our predictions for the Tottenham game then let's let's what do we think going to happen on Sunday I think um, again it'll be driven by the result in the week but um, regardless of that that aside I think it'll be I think it'll be a draw actually I think it'll be 1-1 yeah I was going to go for 1-1 as well I'd love Everton to prove me wrong <laughs> so was I 3-1-1 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. first time ever yeah yeah. I think we'll pick something from the game Tottenham as much as their away form is poor as we said are dangerous but I would take something from the game I would take Sad to say, game, but I, I would take a draw. They're a quality side on the day. Uh, we could beat them if we get, you know, if we have a go. Anything can happen. They're, they're fragile themselves at the minute. Yeah, we could beat them. I think we could beat anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fair point. I think we could, but I think we. They're certainly not the team they were last season mm. when they, pl- they got to the Champions League final. And they were, and they, you know, they, they were playing some great footy, um, but they have got dangers all over the pitch, yeah. and they've got one of the best strikers in the world. Never mind the Premier League. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we you know we can play and we can, you know, we, we if we get in front, I think we may beat them. But I think overall it'll be a draw. Excellent, well, lads. Enjoyed it again. Difficult time, busy time, but one thing's for sure: overall, behind the team, we're behind the manager. Can't speak for everyone, but lads, we'll we'll catch up next week. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to be looking back next week at the Watford and Spurs game. And looking ahead to our trip to St Mary's. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.